Let me say this that um, I'm very much happy and I give God thanks for your conference this year. But you need to know what this year is about. This year is about seriousness concerning your claim of salvation. As many of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this year is a, a turning point for you. And those of you who come here, but you have not given your life to Jesus, you cannot leave this conference without that. I'm so happy at the topic you are given. And I'm going to do a plea test now, a test. Somebody stand up and tell me the scripture of this conference from here. Anybody? What is the scripture of this conference? No, I'm not asking the whole house. One person I said, can I say this to you? This, I was sharing with uh, one of you just before I came down here. You know what is in my heart for you this week? I'm going to teach you like intellectuals. What is required for anybody, a student, to do a PhD and come up with an invention. All those principles and, you know, the theories of that is what I'm going to be imparting to you. Do you get me now? So when you know those theories and you apply it to the class you are from this time, nobody in your class should beat you in academics because I'm going to give you information with which you can be a genius and you can clear PhD just at a stroke. So when I'm teaching you, when I'm asking you questions, I'm very conscious of those four, uh, uh, theories. I just said now that one person, and I saw murmuring, that is fundamental failure. If you ask for one person, one person speaks. And if I did not face your area, if I exclude your area, you only deliberate and think because I'm coming to you. So there one person should stand up and tell me what is scripture for this conference. All right, now, let me hear from that section, not those of you who are com committees. All right, let me hear it here to this section. Somebody stand up and tell me the scripture of this convention. All right, from here to this section. What's the scripture of this convention? Stand up and say it. Just stand up and say it. All right, stop. Somebody tell me what is there. Do you agree with it? All right, yes, Bob. Yes, but what is it? What did he say? No, not reading it. So here, who can tell me what he says? Even if you don't get it verbatim, but what does he imply? What does he say? All right, look at the chest of the next person to you. Those who have their t-shirts. And now everybody can talk. Read what is in the chest.
very soon. Put your hands together for her. So that's where you get the return. Those of you who haven't got the t-shirts, make sure between now and tomorrow you get it. Do you still have t-shirts? Or it's finished? I want one of the committee to answer. You have them. Which one is the yes? Yes that you have them. Yes that is finished. You have them. So all of you who do not have it, go and buy it. And this is part of the principle of intellectual reasoning. Anything that is a collective duty to exempt yourself from it is to drop off intellectual operations. It means you do not understand why you should have it. And that is the beginning of your test. And I have tested you today to recognize that you are coming here tonight. You have prepared before coming. I told you this. So that your state of mind is set to receive. You didn't come to this meeting just because, oh, we are together again. No, that's not it. This is not as usual. Because the return is a topic, and it was a topic given to your leaders who set it up. All the programs are set up by you guys, not me. And if you look at that first Samuel, put it on the board now, let everybody read it. So we'll talk about this tonight, and I was told that you looked at uh, Daniel in the afternoon, isn't it? Come on now, let me hear yes from you. Now can I say all of you who are on holiday, I told you yesterday, make sure you don't miss any midweek. Anything you are doing in the afternoon, don't miss it. Those of you who are working, yes, you understand. But those of you who are not working, don't miss anything, because it is one of these, your midweek that I'm going to be laying hands on people. Not tonight. Okay? So make sure you don't miss it. Let's see the scripture. And Samuel said, who is Samuel? Yes, who? The prophet. How many of you know that Samuel is the prophet? Raise your hands to me. If you know Samuel is the prophet. If you didn't know that Samuel is the prophet, raise your hands. Yes, be very bold to do that. If you don't know whether you know or you didn't know, raise your hand. That is confused. This, <laughs> the state of neither or no for knowing is a confused state. There is somebody who may be confused because you are thinking that somewhere could he be a king or could he be a warrior. That is confusion. So Samuel was... God's prophet. And he said to the whole house of Israel, that is to Christians, anywhere in the Bible you hear the whole house of Israel, you are talking about those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And what he did say to them, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then get rid yourself of yourself or read yourselves of the foreign gods. If you claim to be a Christian, you cannot celebrate Halloween because it's witchcraft celebration. 
you cannot be involved with this um um um, I don't forget the name of the call this something trek. This film they call something trek. Star Trek. Because Star Trek is a demonstration of demonology. Most images you see in Star Trek are the images of demons that really exist. And it is a program that is spearheaded by Satanists. And the intention of Satan anytime when he uses his symbols is to possess people or to oppress their mind. You cannot be involved in them. You cannot watch horror film. It is a ministration from Satanism. It is an arm of Satanism that introduces it into society so that they can cause fear to hit people's heart. Anytime you watch and you are afraid a demon enter your body straight away. Wherever you may be under heaven. Satan has demons everywhere on earth. To every man that lives. And all those things that Satan set up. A Christian cannot be involved. If a Christian is involved what happens to you is that. You will be struggling to operate or to manifest the gift of God. You will pray, pray, pray to no avail. You can work hard, and when it's time for you to enjoy the benefits of your labor, opposition will rise up against you that will destroy your, 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 your intention. You will not be able to, you know, succeed in what God has given you freely. This is what demons do. Demons are sent by Satan to frustrate man to the place whereby that man will deny God. And once they can do that to anybody, they have succeeded. They use sickness, infirmity. They use all the troubles of life. One of the major weapons of Satan in our days is um, um, what this, the, it is growing area of medicine now and uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, social, whatever you call it, um, psychiatry, mental, mental health. Yeah, mental health is one of the most prolific weapons of demons. Because the people they classify to be mental health issues are just people that have been oppressed or afflicted by evil spirits. And so their mind is not fully under their control. Anybody who has an attitude uh, which is tainted that such attitude is consequential to the fact that you are not in full control of your reasoning, they call it mental health. It's all from the devil. But what causes it is this. If you are returning to God, which you are. Everyone in this church globally in this week must return to God fully. Fully. No more, you know, wishy-washy with God. Because something is about to pass through the universe. Because I saw it. And I have told you who are in Christ with Tabernacle. Because when it passes through the universe, it will be too late for some, while some will be a little in the boat. The Bible says, he who knows a good thing and doeth it not, is a sin. So the first thing is to check in your heart every idol that you have. Some people, their idols are the way they dress. They could spend hours trying to make themselves look good. Okay? Whereas, in the house of God, a sermon of 30 minutes. They, they cannot concentrate. 
Such people, when they go to lecture hall, a lecture of one hour, they did not know more than 10 minutes of the lecture. Because they have not educated their brain to wait before God. To be able to understand the word of God. They do not have love for the letters of God. You need to understand this. Dressing yourself, you should be very, very articulate. I'm going to look at that. However, if your dressing becomes an idol for you, that you don't think you look good until you have spent so many hours trying to make yourself good, Satan has introduced idol into your life. And believers in Christ must be very careful. Because the Bible says you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Your dressing time, or some people, they go to the bathroom and they spend so long time. When you come out of those places, I want to, to, I want to guarantee you, to those of us who are asked external to you, you don't look different. It is, it is your mind that makes you feel that you are different. However, if you add one hour wasted time daily to your life, in your life, Add it together. One hour for seven days is seven hours. Alright? One hour for ten days is seventy hours. One hour for seven days is seven hundred hours. And one hour for two hundred days is one thousand four hundred hours. In one year. One hour therefore in three hundred days is 210,000 hours. Divide that by 24 hours and see the number of days of your life that year you have wasted. Whereas others who are smart have not spent long, and you are not different. Though you have spent one hour buffing, you are not cleaner. It does not stop the amount of time you spend in bathroom that, that, that affect those things. I would be now. So, you will discover that you have allowed the enemy to waste your quality time. Let me tell you, if you add that hour yearly for five to ten years, you will discover that it could have been amounted to an hour, the hours you will have used to go to university. So, I'm saying this to say, why you have to look good and clean up yourself and be neat completely. You cannot afford to be spending two hours painting your face because it is a useless painting. It's a waste of your life. That has become idolatry. If you have anything in your, in, your, in your life, okay, which you cannot give away, all right, either attitude or possession, give away, all right, without even possessive of you, that is an idol. What the Bible says here is this. You must first check your heart. Get rid of all idols and foreign gods. All the pattern of this will get rid of. I'll will, I will give you some scriptures on that. And the <laughs> asteroid and commit, and commit yourself to love. You see the asteroid is a foreign idol. It is like Christians following you know, the pattern in England. You know, I was told, I received the, the text, and of course the, the Prime Minister said it that. They are going to start stop and search. Okay? But I received from some black leaders that, you know, why should 
they start stop and search. Because they have suspicion that that could target black kids. That is suspicion of black leaders. I wrote them back that if I was the prime minister, I would start it the second day that I became a prime minister. Why should black kids be target of stop and search? Why if a black kid dress in an unusual way, he should be stopped? If your haircut is funny, you should be stopped. If you wear a trouser which symbolizes the sign of gangs, you should be stopped. Not only stopped, you should be arrested. If I was the Prime Minister, why should black kids be reduced to stupid? Why should black kids be reduced to nonsense? Look at Brother Singova. Who read what he read to you? He's a youth. He qualified as a solicitor at what age? 26? 25. And look at the way he is. His hair does not look funny. His trouser is not falling off his bumps. Because as you appear, that is how your mindset is. As you appear, your mindset is Reflective of it, a Christian boy or girl must not copy the pattern of this world because you end up in regret. He said it. You are in a relationship, you are sleeping with a woman you have not married, or you are a girl, you are allowing a boy to defy you. What about if he dumps you? If he says he's no more marrying you, that's the end of it. And for you, a girl, your nakedness is your pride. You sold it cheap. What about you, the boy? If the girl had done the same thing, if, the, if a girl can easily sleep with a boy, do you know how many boys he was sleeping with? And if he gets it, you will get it. God will. Black child doing with a group of gangs who are involved in stealing or robbing. When other, other black kids are involved in things that is honorable in society, it's your choice. It is following the pattern of Satan in this world. And the Bible says, for you who claim to be a Christian, check your heart during this week and get rid of your heart. Everything of the devil. Everything of the devil. Let me say something to you. Those of you who are 13 now, in a few years' time, you'll be 23. In England, at the age of 21, you should have graduated if your, your life is just normal. Yes. That is saying that you went to primary school with your age group, you have secondary school, A level with your age group. By 21, you have graduated. Am I telling the right thing? By 22, you have finished your second degree. Okay? If you drop out... Because of your following inordinate affection, by the time you are 23, 24, you'll be living in regret. Because in this country also, employers want to employ graduates at the age of 21, 22. When you are getting into the age of 24, 25 before you graduate, they be, it, be, it begins to become a bit hard for you. 
to get employment. Because, especially when you get to 30 and over 30, they will be looking at how many years of your work life remain for you to spend. Are you with me now? If you don't want to regret in your middle youth age, like the age of 30 to 40, you must make the maximum use of your teenage into your early 20s. So that in this country, you fill yourself, your head with God. Get rid of every asterisk. And commit yourself to the Lord and serve Him only. And He will deliver you out of the hands of Satan. There are many Christian churches today, they pray nonsense prayers. Any church where they pray nonsense is because their leader is nonsense. If you have leaders who have no head, everybody they lead, they lead to pit. They will manage your life for you to remain poor until your active life is over and you will not, you will not be at their mercy for the rest of your life. Not so in Christ's faith tabernacle. That is the reason why the topic God gave you this, this week, the return, the return of what? It is not talking about the return of Jesus, isn't it? Whose return is he talking about? Tell me here. Yes? Your return. That is what he's talking about. He's not talking about the return of Jesus Christ. He's talking about your return. If God is telling you about your return, it's because God wants to do something astonishing in the United Kingdom. Not only the United Kingdom, in the face of the earth. So he's calling to the heart of those who seek him, to return back to him. Let me help you know this before we end up with David, which you studied. If you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, when, 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 David, when did, uh, David was going to die, and he called his son Solomon to appoint him, you memorize this scripture and 1 Chronicles 28 verse 9. Those are the two scriptures you should memorize. Let's read it together. Now, let me show you the God you are serving. He can be found by man. And he also can forsake some man and say you will never find him. Okay? To some people on earth today, he had done that. They will never find him. Those of us who have found him, is it not a privilege? It is. It is. In John 16, we look at that on Sunday. Jesus said that you did not choose me, I choose you. So if you are born in a Christian family, don't you think that it is a privilege for you to be born there? Some people are born in families that kill human beings. And all they knew from their infant is how to kill somebody. Some people were born in a prostitute family. And the girls, 
All they knew from their mother is, as a girl, you must be a prostitute. They did not become prostitutes because they determined to do so. They became prostitutes by default. Some were born in countries where they are killing people. If you look at television, you see those boys, those children, where they are they're bombing them in, you know, Yemen, in, in Syria. They don't know what is going on. They just found themselves a victim. They don't know that there's another world where people sit down like this and enjoy their lives. They have no access to television. Now, you are born in England, raised in England. Is that not a wonderful opportunity by God? And then God put you in a church where the truth is preached. Not where leaders say, do what I say. No, it is a place where leaders do first, and then they teach you. It's a great honor. But let me say this to you. For Solomon, he was a fortunate child like you. Because his father had made provision for everything he ever needed. And I haven't made it. He said to him, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of who? Who's God? Say loud. Listen to me. The spiritual father over Solomon is David. Because David was a prophet. So, I can say to you as your spiritual father, acknowledge my God. Acknowledge the God of your father, Apostle Williams. At the age of nine, Jesus appeared to me. Alright? So, young people can see him. Young people are seeking him. I joined the intercessors of the church at the age of nine. We joined them every Friday and prayed till morning. That's how I grew. I had no social life that other, other, my colleagues say. In my house, we don't go to film house. My father called film house the house of Satan. You know, he was a Satanist. He says to you, that, says to you that, when you go to film house, what are you going to watch? Saints of God, ministers of God. Do you see prophets and apostles in film house? You have people that are assigned by Satan to waste human life. And it's true. It is true. Unless if what you are going to watch is an academic thing. Okay? Which will add to your academic values. I had no social life. But let me say this to you. All my colleagues today come to me. All of them. If they want to know what God is saying, they call, they, they call me. And they will know it. Because as at the young age, I was telling them what God is saying. As at the young age, I was seeing vision. As at the young age, I was hearing God distinct. So I was different from all of them. When we were smaller babies, I don't always get into trouble. When they get into trouble, I don't. I don't. Maybe my problem would be that you come to my house at 9 in the morning and pray. You come at 12 and pray. You come at 3 and pray. So when will I not pray? For God to acknowledge you, you must acknowledge me. I have some people who say that, what has God done for me? He will never do anything for people like that. Who gave you your mouth with which you are saying, what has God done? Is it you, you just borrowed the mouth? There are people who say that. They won't serve God, but they won't go to serve them. Ah, me, that's of this deception of the devil. Never get from him what you did not put into him. That's what uh, 
David was saying to Solomon. He says, Agnes the God of your father, and serve him with wholehearted devotion. I was told today that you looked at what the angel told me in the island of Patmos last month. Oh, there, the month of uh, June. What's the first thing? What's the first thing? How many of you were not in the meeting this afternoon? Raise your hands. I'm not talking about those of you who went to work. But you have been in church. Put your hands down. You have been in church. What is the first thing the angel said to me? That a man needs to know or do for him to win the favor of God. What does he say? Let's say together. It's loyalty to God. Loyalty to God. And I was very happy today that you dug into it yourselves. What's the second thing? Dedication, which means devotion. A heart of devotion to God. And what's the third thing? Commitment to service. The gift that you have, serve with it. That scripture says, serve God with wholehearted devotion, and that's what it is. Those three things amount to devotion to God. And with a willing mind, don't be forced to church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. My feet shall stand at your gate, O Jerusalem. That's the church of God. Be happy to come to church. Be happy to go to prayer meetings. Be happy to go to night vigils. Be happy to go to Bible studies. You will never tell your parents you are going to Bible study and they say that you can't go anywhere. Every parent loves their children to know God. Even parents who don't know God, if their children are going to God, they are happy. They will soon say that, ah, at least we have someone here who is praying for all of us. They will have confidence in you because you are the pillar of the house. Do you understand me now? You are the pillar of the house. And really God will always give children to people who don't know God. And out of the family will call one child. So that through that child, light can go to everybody. Because they will see the visible changes in the life of that child. So, if you, at your age, can commit your devotion to God, and you are willing, don't, be, don't feel intimidated. Let me tell you something. As far as I'm concerned, everyone in this house, you are my children. Period. And my grandchildren too. You know, that's why I call a few different names. The name I gave you, when you grew up and I, if Jesus starts and I'm gone, you will remember me by the name I gave to you. Your parents gave you a name, I also gave you a name. I have Oibos, there are a group of them, they, I call them Oibo. And then one of those small girls went to the dad and said that, you know, I supposed to call me Oibo. That said, that's what you are. <laughs> but she's dark, hallelujah. She doesn't know what I'm talking about, amen, forevermore. She's dark and lovely. Because I call all her group Uyibo because they are very fair. So I had to call her to Uyibo because she felt, uh, why should you not call me Uyibo? So I'm your Uyibo too. <laughs> and some of you, I called you prophet when I named you. Some of you, I called you an evangelist. Some of you, I called you pastor. You know now that you are forming, you have to manifest those offices. You will manifest those offices. That is the reason for this week. Manifestation of the divine office that God has given to you. 
So in that place it says, willing mind. You must be willing in your mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. Can you imagine? As I'm talking to you now, some of you have other thoughts going on. An angel is recording everything. And God is seeing everything. So when you talk to people and in your mind you are deceitful, God is not hearing just what you see. He's recording your mind. It's not just hearing anything God hears, it's recorded forever. Because when you die and go to heaven, they will give it to you. And we will all know it. Understand that your thoughts are louder than your speech. One of my encounters when I was taken to heaven, I met an angel who he was speaking and I was thinking in my mind. And he laughed. And he said to me, do not think in your mind. And then he laughed at my thoughts. And then he spoke in his thoughts. And it was as loud as his voice. So God searches the mind of man. Young and old. And he knows your motive. Anything you do, he knows what you have in your heart. All of you, let me say this to you. Some of us may come from parents that are very good in moral standards. Okay? In your house, they don't lie. In your house, they don't backbite people. In your house, they don't run people down. In your house, they don't look down on other people. There's no pride in your house. But there are some who are not privileged to have that. That your parents will tell you when the door knocks, tell them I'm not in. Okay? But you know it, but you are in. But that's what your parents do. Okay? You don't have to follow them. Because that is not of God. It is contrary to God. Your parents just sit down and start talking about somebody and that's when everybody has something to say. Abstain yourself from that conversation. If they ask you, tell them that Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks on the council. You should answer questions like that from your parents with the scripture. Blessed is the man, mom, who walks on the council of the wicked, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, nor stand in the ways of sinners. But his delight is in the law of God. In the law of God, he mentions day and night. But for you to be able to answer them with scripture, you must be in the Bible school. You must be in the Bible study. You must read the Bible too and memorize. You have relationship that is good in church. Suddenly, one of your parents is envious of that person. And they begin to, you know, run the person down. You need to tell them. That is this person that has been helping me. Mom, that is not of God. You will not tell me against the person that God sent to help me. You must take your stand. When you take your stand, the person and your parents will stop whenever you are around. They stop all those things. And you, God has used you to save them. Because for every such word they say, God will punish them. That's the scripture. Man will give account to every careless word that he said while he's in the body. That is the reason why. You must abstain yourself from every deception that comes from the pit of hell. So that scripture says, The Lord searches every heart. Understand the motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, that is the last thing. 
He will be found by you. Hey, somebody say amen. Whatever age you are, seek him, he will be found by you. You must seek God at whatever age. He will be found by you. You, you don't have to say that, but some people have been seeking him, they didn't find him. They did not seek him, it's a lie. I just told you, a man who sees God and runs other people down, he's not a God seeker. He's a trouble seeker. And he will find it in full. The Bible says, I'll give him full cup of my wrath. Those who seek God are not just those who pray. Okay? But they live a life of godliness. At the same time, they pray. If you seek God, you find him. You may turn to God alone in your family. You will be amazed that you alone will find him. You may turn to God alone in your area. You will be the only one to find him. When you find God, he will draw others to you. He will draw them to you. You see the scriptures? If, anywhere you see the word if, we call it a condition statement. Anywhere in your academics you find the word if, underline it. If means what is about to be said is conditional to what was previous. Or what was previous is conditional to what is about to be said. In this case, he said, Actually, the God of your father and serve with all hearted devotion, and with a willing heart for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. Okay? Then he says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. Now, you see that word, if, there tells you that no one can find God if he does not seek him. God don't, you don't, Many people have died in sicknesses. We didn't find God. Sickness doesn't make people find God. Oh, you are crying in pain. That doesn't make God have mercy. Okay? If you want to find God, you must seek God. It is not when you have need of God that you are asking Him. You are using God if you are that. God don't answer people who use Him. They come under common benefits like anybody outside there who is ordinary human being. Let me tell you what God told me. God told me that during this period, among you, some of you, the spirit that is upon me will rest upon you in this season. But your mindset has to tune. You don't carry unction because you prayed. Mindset. A prayer without the right mindset is an unnecessary aggro and pain. It ends up in frustration. I would get that. And I think that's why God is dealing with your mindset. He can be found. But if you look at the next line, it says, But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Now, during this week, I'm going to show you the life of Solomon. I don't know whether I have it in your day program. But I'm going to show you the life of Solomon. Something about Solomon is this. You will see Solomon when he sought God. After this, God appeared to him twice. To prove that what the father said is true. But I will show you the last, the end of Solomon. He died in his shrine of idols. 
in mockery. The most intelligent man in the world, the richest man of whom it was not before him and after him, God made him the most handsome too because of presence. And he died the death of a gentile in a most horrible condition he died. Okay? And that tells you that what the father said, if you reject God, God will reject you. You will not reject God. Finally, in summary of what you learned today, look at the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. I know that you try to look into the loyalty of Daniel to God, his dedication to God, and commitment to his service. But let's see. I will add three more things to what you have learned. One is this. Principles of success. Alright? You have loyalty to God, dedication to God, and commitment to service. But human principle of success. One is diligence. The other is dedication. And the third is devotion. Now, if you look at the word dedication here, it's not the dedication that interprets into devotion, but the dedication you look in the morning is dedication that interprets into devotion because it is a synonym. Dedication can be commitment. It can be single-mindedness, enthusiasm, zeal. It can be purposefulness. But tomorrow, by the grace of God, I will take you deeper into these three attributes. You will see these three attributes in every scripture that incites intelligence. Like, go to that, um, the previous scripture. First Chronicles 28.9. Let me help you understand. As for you, my son, uh, 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 Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, that devotion, and serve him with all high de devotion, all right, and with a willing mind, okay, that is being dedicated. For the Lord searches all the heart of man and understands every motive beyond, uh, behind the thoughts of man. If you look at this scripture, it's giving you the template of reasoning, mental reasoning. I will call, call it, this is the cradle of cognitive reasoning. Don't, don't worry if you don't understand this rubbish I'm talking about. I will help you understand it this week. It is the fundamental bedrock of reasoning that will make a man successful in any act of reasoning. As any act of knowledge that you will get it. Because it's, it talks about two components involved in success, in reasoning, or in understanding letters. Your heart and your mind. Okay? People forget things because they only learn it by their mind. But anything you learn with your heart, you will always remember. You know, you get to exam hall and you have read some things and then they came out. Ooh, ooh, but you are remembering vaguely that I read it. I, because when you were reading it, you did not set your heart to it. You only read it in your mind. Okay? 
So, when you read it in your mind, you will be remembering a reflection of it. It's a shadow. And you want to go deeper to recollect everything, but it cannot because out of the abundance of the heart, anything that fills your heart is what will fill your brain. Are you brain now? The reason why intelligence students fail, and one of the things that make people have such is this. They want to read many volumes at a, at a short time. No, read it one step at a time. So that what you read, you really read with your heart and know. Everybody is a genius that God created. Everybody can pass with distinction that God created. But this is the principle. Yes? Did you see that? Now go to your Daniel. Let me show you now in Daniel. What did you say about Daniel 1.1? In the third year, let's read that verse one together. As you are reading this, I want you to be marking things that are communicative in this story. That is things you learn. All right? King... Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The next verse says, let's read together. All right. The next one. What did the king say there? No, let's see that. Two, yeah, three. The king asked us, yes. Mm -hmm. So, who are the people to be brought in? No, three. Royal family and Okay, then the next one. You know, I said you should read to understand and tell me what you learn. The next one says, So, to be qualified to go to university, there are some qualities demanded. Because, first of all, you need to know that Daniel and all these boys came in as slaves. All right? From besieging their country, they became slaves. All right? So their nobility stopped there. Because in their country, they are no nobles, they are slaves. Okay? But then the king said, I want some qualities. I want children that are born in noble family. I want children that are among them intelligent. Children that are straight. They don't have physical defects. They don't look funny. Children that are very quick to learn. And um, I won't give them all these qualities. He said, the reason why I'm asking you is because I want, to, I want them to, to come to my university, the King's University. It's like going to Oxford or Cambridge of the days. 
Okay. There the next verse says. Let's read it. Privileges of kings. Then what happened? Then the next verse. And the next verse. A young boy decided that though we have all these privileges now, we have been slaves, now we have been brought into you know felicity of the palace, we will not define ourselves. We will not do like the Babylonians do. Because we know what the God of Israel delights. The food that they refuse to eat in Babylon, they always give that food to the, to their idols, then before people eat it. So they believe that if you eat the food of idols, your intelligent cushions will rise. And they have strong drinks, wine, very strong wine and various things which they present to the idol, then they give them to eat. Yes? But that also is like the world system in this country. I know some black boys who feel that they want to become a celebrity. It is from the devil. If you have a heart that you want to become a celebrity, Satan got you. Because those who became told us how they were initiated before they could allow them to become. On this pulpit, in one of your youth conferences. A believer must not want to be a celeb. You must want to be like Christ. And to, to want to be a celeb is an idol worshipping. To have, uh, you know, they call some people idols. You understand them now? They call them something idol. No, no, no. Some people have footballers to be the idol. They have uh, uh, singers to be the idol. Something like that. It is idol worshipping is said by the devil. If you look at these boys, they did not defile themselves. Yo. Okay, now. Let me give you from 1 to 5, isn't it? Well, we're away from 1 to 8. I'm going to teach you detail on this by tomorrow. But mark this. The first thing that was said here was that when the time came for the government of that country to look for people to put in office, they wanted somebody of high moral standard. It's coming in England now. I was listening to one of the former high uh, Supreme Court judge, judges. He was a very, very highly respected judge in this case still. And he gives lectures on, uh, in the parliament, I think once in a week. And he was giving this lecture, which they show in, in the, in the you know, uh, parliament um, channel. And that man was saying something that 
He was telling them the reason why law had become a, a nuisance in the world today. And one of the things that he mentioned was that the determinant of moral standard today, the goalposts have been shifted. Alright? The goalposts have been shifted because in the past, law was supposed to be a recommendation of the people. Okay? People just feel that, oh no, this should not happen in a society. And then they will tell the parliament. And the parliament will go and they will make a law. And so, after many years, something happened. Satan disintegrated the society gradually by introducing human rights. The fundamental reason for human rights was very good. To protect the right of human beings. But however, the people determine what moral standard is. But when every or most people themselves have no more morals, what would be the definition of moral standard? From one hand to the other, from one hand to the other, from one hand to the other. I don't want to mention some specific ones now. And he ended up and said that he thinks that Britain should have constitution. And that he'll be talking about the constitution, what it should be, and how. Because they changed the definition of marriage in Britain. At one time, you cannot do that by the moral standard. But now, you can. Because the moral standard is out of the window. The goalpost has moved. I'm saying this because... If you look at the, the life of Daniel, there are some qualities. If uh, this is what I'm saying about the moral degradation, is the reason why, in a short time in England, the government that will survive in this country will begin to look for people who are brought up in a very high moral standard. So that they can be in parliament, they can be in policy making, and they can influence godly sensible policies. Who are the people who are supposed to be high moral standards? Royal family, royal members. And that is you, born again. The Bible calls you a royal priesthood. Okay? A holy nation. The second thing that they needed is nobility. They needed somebody who is a royalty and somebody who is noble. You know, the quality of being noble <clears throat> is the quality of a man who has a high standard of moral being. Etiquette, ethics, very high standard. The only place you can find that is in the Bible. If you change your ways of life to the ways of life of the Bible, then you are noble. Your noble qualities will show in your office, in your school, everywhere. The third thing they said you should have is no physical defect. The Bible says to you in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, uh, 6, your body is the temple of God. Not somebody who has mutilated his body. Talking about your spiritual body now. He says he wants somebody handsome. 
Anselm is talking about your beauty. And we'll look at that tomorrow. Showing attitude to every kind of learning. That is somebody whose heart is in everything he does. Not somebody you tell something today. You ask him tomorrow, what did I tell you? Um, um, no, 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 no. Anything you do, you do with your heart. He talked about well-informed. That is somebody who reads very, very well. And you can spread your wings in knowledge. He spoke about quick to understand. Someone that you don't need to explain so many times for him to understand. Because he reads very, very wide. That is what enables understanding. And it says that these people will be qualified to serve in the king's palace. Tomorrow we'll be looking at Daniel as in the context of returning to God. Tonight, therefore, if you look at yourself in the context of what I'm saying, maybe your spare time you are engaged with Pokemon. You know what Pokemon they call it? Eh? Pokemon. 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 I don't know where that language came from. It looked like a magic language to me. Maybe you are involved in Pokemon when others are studying their books. Maybe you have some comics you look at when others are reading Bible. Maybe you have some program on television that are useless, not educating. <clears throat> you never miss them. You have become addicted to them when others are doing their homework. So that all the time you are running to trouble, not meeting up with your assignments, and your grade in school is going down and down and down and down and down, and you are becoming headache to yourself now. You have to repent. When I teach you about Daniel, we will talk about um, Jeremiah. Because he just finished Jeremiah, the whole CFT, last month. Isn't it? So we will look at, we will look at Jeremiah because there are some things, Daniel, about Daniel, uh, which was mentioned in Jeremiah, which will help you to understand. So before you pray, I want to remind you, this conference, and return to God. And you must be policeman of your sister. If you know any of your sisters who is involved in all this racketeer, report them to your pastor straight away. If you know any one of your brothers who is involved in all these traps of Satan that can destroy his life, report them straight to the pastor. Don't keep it. To report it is righteous so that we can help such kids before it's too late. The time you grow old is very short. Stand up on your feet.